You know, there are so many different ways that over the years at their 2% target that they've been able to hide the real inflation in areas. And we're going to talk about that coming up. I'm Lynette Zhang, Chief Market Analyst here at ITM Trading, a full-service physical gold and silver dealer. But you know, what we really do is specialize in custom strategies, which frankly, I hope everybody that's watching this has one. If not, you know, subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. Go ahead and click that Calendly link below, make an appointment, and get your strategy in place. There has never been a time where that's been more important than right now. So let's talk about shrinkflation and some of the other ways that they hide this from us. Because that 2% target that they like, well, that's just the level that they can rob you of your purchasing power and all the money that you work for, but you don't complain about it. You don't ask for a raise because it's low enough. Well, things are changing. In Germany, forget shrinkflation is sparking fury in Germany. Packages of goods are getting smaller as prices hold firm. That's one way for corporations to make these massive profits as we've seen. I mean, they're, they're at levels that we haven't seen in decades. Shoppers are inundating consumer authorities with complaints about this shrinkflation. German consumers are dealing with record inflation as is really, frankly, the rest of the world. Look at this inflation rate. There's the food prices, but you know, inflation's always only at here when prices are up here. And if you broke down food in different areas as we've seen in the past, well, guess what? Food's really inflating at a much higher rate than 15%. Why is my ice cream shrinking? That's from the US. By reducing the size of say a jar jam, a food company can effectively charge more for it while avoiding a sticker price hike that would dent sales. And people just don't realize. So they're paying this higher price. They're keeping their food bills and, and that's happening actually quite a bit these days is that they will forego different things to keep their food bills about the same. But you know, what we don't want to do is dead sales, right? Packaged inflation term was coined in 1969 and became more widespread during the seventies when manufacturers looked for creative ways to protect their profit margins. Now it's called shrinkflation, but this is actually something that we've been dealing with. Let's see, what was that date? Oh, 1969 and the 1970s. What was happening during that period of time? <gasps> we were transitioning from a gold-backed currency to a debt-backed currency. Shocker. There's so many references back to that period of time, and yet nobody talks about what was really happening there when the Federal Reserve handed over control of inflation to the central banks. 
And, you know, so what? Their job was just to keep it nice and steady at that 2% so that you didn't ask for more money or complain about it. But, you know, there comes a point when even that becomes noticeable to consumers and then they have a problem with it. But, you know, we are a consumer-driven economy. They started that back in the 50s with the first credit cards. And we've just, and now we're, 70% of the economy is consumer-driven. So it's really important that consumers continue to consume. And you know that TV commercial, uh, it's, a, it's for, um, I think, State Farm or one of the insurance companies. And this guy is saying goodbye to the to the package delivery guy. I can't afford you. I can't afford to do this. But then what the savior is? Oh, well, you can customize your insurance so that you can keep buying stuff. Unnecessary stuff. Yeah, that's a great thing. But addictive consumer spending heralds trouble. U.S. consumer borrowing increased by $40.2 billion in June from the prior month. That is the second biggest increase ever. MasterCard Inc. have reported a surge in demand as everyday goods become more expensive. And consumer sentiment rose to a three-month high. So they're believing that suddenly the Fed is wearing clothes when in reality the emperor, the Fed, has no clothes. They are out of tools. But this becomes addictive. And so many things in this society have been designed with addiction in mind. I mean, that's all the video games and the all of that kind of thing. I mean, Facebook, they know what to do to make you addicted to their product. And shopping is one of them. Online shopping you know, or shopping period stuff. People buy things that they can't afford all the time and they take on more debt. Credit card spending soars as U.S. consumers battle rising inflation because you want to maintain a certain standard of living. And think about this. Back in 1971, the average income was $9,500 a year. And one worker could support a family of four on that only needed one wage earner. Today, it takes two wage earners. And hey, all the stimulus, et cetera, was under what, 250, 150,000 a year? So that's the equivalent of that 9,500. And people are still living paycheck to paycheck at 150,000 a year. Why? Because they're addicted to spending and you've got inflation. So it's a combination of the two. Cross-border spending surges 58% as consumers resume travel. Yeah, they were cooped up for two years. They want to travel. But overall payment volume rises more than analysts expected. There you go. This is credit cards and other revolving credit. And look at how much higher it is now. And I'd like to make a point that is always... The answer to any deflation is inflation. And the answer to inflation is deflation. What goes up must come down and vice versa. 
So you just want to always be on the right side of it. But people are using their credit cards because the inflation is so high right now. And they're used to a certain standard of living. And by the way, they keep talking about how much savings people have. Well, I don't know. This is from the Federal Reserve Education Department. And this is the personal savings rate. And goodness gracious, it's like pretty much where it was back in 2008. And it's certainly lower than the historic norm. I mean, it dropped, savings rate dropped low as the real estate market was booming back in the mid 2000s. But look at where that savings rate is now. So I don't know what they keep talking about. They must have it hidden on a rocks or something. But this is the personal savings rate and it's at 5%. And so many people couldn't come up with 400 bucks in a crisis. That is a very sad statement to be able to make. So how are these people dealing with all of this inflation? They're using their credit cards. And this is a, the most current CPI. I think it's coming out on Friday again. But look at what is pulling down or making it appear that inflation is getting lower, is lowering, is the um, energy component of the CPI because we've seen crude oil drop, but not in Europe. <laughs> Europe is inside of an energy crisis. I think we're all about to be inside of an energy crisis, but it's all energy commodities down, what, a fuel oil down 11%, motor fuel down 7.6%, gasoline of all types down 7.7%, etc. cetera. So the pullback in inflation, that's where it's really been coming from. And the adjusted percentage change when they say all items at zero, it's because of that energy component. That's where the declines are coming. So it'll be interesting to see as we move forward. But this is just, this is one year. This is just one month. One month. That's all. So don't be fooled. This is what I think is transitory. The Fed's for a while, favorite word. Do you think the energy prices are gonna keep going down? We'll see, certainly not in Europe. But here's another, here's another indication of where we are. And mind you, we are getting different signals because it's like a bridge. You know, if you're inside of a hurricane and there's a bridge and it's swinging back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, at some point it just crumbles. So here the New York manufacturing suffers near record plunge. Well, guess what? The other plunge was in 2020 when we were dealing with the pandemic. This is pretty significant. You're, you're near levels of the great financial crisis and supposedly we're not in a great financial crisis yet. Well, coming to a theater near you. I'm just hoping that you're really ready for it. Food, water, energy, security, barterability, wealth preservation, community, shelter. Get it done. That's what you need. But you can see the handwriting's on the wall. The headline general business conditions index plummeted, the report said. New orders and shipments plunged and unfilled orders declined. That's not really good for an economy where he's raising interest rates. But what can he do? 
the Fed, all central banks between a rock and a hard place. 44% of manufacturing respondents reported weakening conditions, 44%. Looking ahead, manufacturing executives signaled concern, you think? The good news is that the New York Fed said labor market indicators signal a small increase in employment and, uh, and, and well, I must have mistyped there, but prices paid, so in other words, uh, salaries paid are dipping. So a dip in prices paid, I'm sure, not a dip, a dip. It's not Johnny there. But startlingly tem terrible, startlingly terrible. So that's the way they describe the momentum in the manufacturing sector certainly has slowed, but this is a collapse. Let me tell you, you want to be in place before things collapse. Because once they collapse, you're out of choices. And you know me, I am really all about options and choices. And we've been watching for quite some time, our choices and our options get more and more and more narrow. What are you waiting for? Get her done. That's easy enough. Because we are going to see more unemployment. In the real estate sector, we're seeing it. In the tech sector, we're seeing it. Layoffs are in the works at half of the companies. So how are these people going to survive the inflation? Institutions are high. 52% of those surveyed are instituting hiring freezes and reducing overall headcount. And 44% are rescinding offers. So we do have an interesting labor market. I'm going to talk about that more next week. But clearly, we are going to see unemployment go up, which, of course, is what the Fed wants. Because if there's more people in the labor force, you can't demand more money. So it's okay if the CEOs and those at the top get all their big bonuses. And, you know, and, and again, going back to 1970, the average was 20 times the CEO or the head of the company, the owner, made 20 times what the average worker made. Now it's 360 as the average, but so many, JP Morgan and other places, Amazon, make thousands of times more than the average worker. Because that's okay. And it's okay for these corporations to make higher profits than they ever have because that doesn't somehow influence inflation. I don't know. The findings illustrate the contradictory nature of today's labor market and tune in for the piece that I do next week on this. Because the way to protect yourself is really simply gold. So, you know, gold and silver, but physical in your possession. And I want you to understand gold in any form is monetary. And so is silver. Monetary at its base. So that may not be the best way to accumulate it, but it's certainly a way if you own some, some silver jewelry, if it's, nine, if it's marked 925, that's 92.5% pure. If it's marked sterling, that also is marked is 92.5% pure in gold. You know, 14 carat, 18 carat, which is what's most common in the U.S., 
in other parts of the world, like in India, it's 22, 24. But that is still monetary at its base. I am not telling you to run out and buy jewelry because coins are more universal. They're easier to recognize. They have a much smaller premium and markup, but in any form, we've got to be accumulating. So if you already have that, that's great. But here we go. Year over year, the first quarter of 2022, gold purchases surpassed 2021. And in 2020, gold was really doing its job and a lot of countries had to use it to just survive. But this is a partial list of end users of physical gold. Jewelry fabrication, uh, so there's jewelry, central bank net purchases, bars and coins, technologies, ETFs. It's also used in medicine. It's also used in food. It's used in art. It's used in every single sector of the global economy. And that means that 100% of the time there is demand. And when you're going into the crisis that we're going into, what assets do you want to hold? Something that has demand in one place, like stocks. So if that demand dries up, you have no liquidity, the stock markets plunge. Or do you want something where there's always demand? That's why gold's never gone to zero. Stocks and bonds and certainly currencies cannot say that. They do go to zero frequently. So just keep this in mind when you're looking at what you are going to do and how you are going to protect your family because it's critical. And nobody ever talks about the broad base in demand when they talk about gold, but I do. And that means you know about it. And that means you can take advantage of it and put your family and yourself in the best position possible because that's what you want going into when you're going into any kind of fight. Do you want a slingshot or do you want a bazooka? Gold is your financial bazooka. And it's critical that you accumulate that and that you also make yourself as independent and self-sufficient as possible. So the shrinkflation, that doesn't really impact me because I don't buy that kind of stuff. And there are different ways to make sure that you are secure in all the areas of the mantra, food, water, energy, security, barterability, wealth, preservation, community, shelter. Please get it done, please. And if you haven't already set up a strategy, click that Calendly link below and make a time to talk to one of our consultants and build your own custom strategy that's based on your goals your circumstances, and what you have to work with. And, you know, it may seem overwhelming all that you have to do, and I've been working on it personally for such a long time. I get that. But you've got to look and say, okay, where am I most vulnerable? And fill that hole. So if you have no gold or silver, you're pretty vulnerable in that area, especially if you have other assets, you know, your retirement accounts, IRAs, pensions, 401ks, 403bs, you know, or, or even if it's outside, all of that, as the dollar goes away, it really has no value. 
It won't save you. That's why it's so critical to build this position. And if you haven't already, please subscribe so I can keep bringing you more information like that. And if you hit that bell, we'll let you know when we're going live. As well as if you like this, please give us a thumbs up and also leave a comment. It helps get that information out to more people. So I'd really appreciate that. In the meantime, if you can't watch this, you can listen to us on any podcast anywhere. We're on all of the major podcast platforms. And until next we meet, please be safe out there. Bye-bye.